I'm Jim Wampler, writer and editor for Goodman Games. And I'm Michael Curtis, writer and general lackey of Goodman Games. <laughs> <laughs> hey, enjoy listening to Legends of Tabletop. Hello and welcome to the Legends of Tabletop podcast. We're getting ready to jump into another Cthulhu Invictus game. Tonight we're playing Harvest Moon Hunt. Uh, last session, our investigators were brought together. Uh, we started in the town of Camelodian. Uh, we have a finder, a hunter, a bodyguard, and a scholar as, uh, as our investigators. Uh, we were uh, tasked with bringing wagons and supplies to a town that was under siege from a plague. Uh, as we got in, uh, the town was being sealed off by legions there. Uh, there were some rogue legionaries on the inside of the town who wanted to go home. We were able to negotiate with the, the legionaries in the town. Uh, we were able to... Negotiate maybe uh <laughs> maybe generous. You are able to yeah. attempt negotiations and distract them long enough for the legionaries to rush their position. Right. Well, I mean it's hey, all a matter the of winners, perspective. The winners write history. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We attempted to negotiate. So we were able to get in. Uh, we took for granted that we you, would you be reestablish control of the gate. <laughs> right, right. And that was all. <laughs> we did a little bit of investigating around the town, found out that the doctor who we were coming to see uh, had been in the makeshift hospital that was in the warehouse. Uh, we went down to investigate, found out that there were moans and sounds, any you know, from coming from outside. There was a rush of people who had fled. Novius uh, Geta. The doctors, the immunis or Novius Geta. And the people fled and no one had been in since. So as we went in to investigate, we found uh, a man who was essentially in his death throes. He was covered in excrement and he was in a really bad way. Uh, we found the, a tablet from the, the... The plague was cholera for cholera. 500. Yep. <laughs> And as we uh, talked to him, he started to freak out. We turn around and there was a zombie plague doctor who was trying to fill his mission as a healer. Uh, we wound up beating him to death as he was a zombie. And when we tried to leave afterwards, uh, found out that we were stuck in town for the month because why the hell would they let us out? Everybody in town's got cholera. <laughs> <clears throat> right. An, uh, an unexpected turn for the end of your mission. In our defense, we didn't touch anything. <laughs> well, we tried our best not to. <laughs> you you were in melee combat with a plague-infested zombie. We had poking sticks, okay? We kept everything you were, out you of You were existence. walking through a layer of 
plague of cholera infected human waste in this ruined hospital. I'm just going to say what I have to say because I want to go home. I didn't want to be there. Yeah, the soldiers wanted to go home too, and the army didn't let them out. You see what happened to them. Yeah, at one point, Herminius and Marquion were in grappled with one of the soldiers, so you can't blame them. You don't think I wanted to go to, you know, to, to Kineticon when we were in the middle of lockdown? Sure, fuck, I wanted to go to Kineticon. I wasn't able to leave New York. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, there's a lot of personal crap going on in that game. I, I apologize for that, but uh, <laughs> or soon, me comparing soon. them essential workers with the yes. outside gate. They were the <laughs> yes. essential workers that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should have probably started that game with a uh, trigger warning for. Uh, but okay, so yeah. it's you've spent a month in a very nice villa. Supplies of food have been scarce, but you guys have gotten, you know, two meals a day, one of which hot. You know, you were honored guests of the uh, the city council and the uh, the head man there. <clears throat> and you didn't have to leave the house and you didn't have to, you know, go, you know, leave your set of two rooms. So as quarantines go, it wasn't bad. I mean, the guy even had a modest library. I was there. Uh, Right. And you were able to, like, they were able to heat water. Actually, they weren't allowed. They, nobody was bathing. I mean, water was just too precious. Um, let me, I'm going to say, all of you roll a luck roll and tell me if anyone gets a hard or an extreme. No. I got 17 out of 70. So I'm assuming that's at least hard, if not extreme. I got a hard. Uh, yep. Okay, two hards. Yep. I think that's extreme, right? 75? Uh, so uh, 75 would be a 15, so 70. Oh, no, no. It's just going to be hard. Yeah. Yeah, I got a 22 out of 70. So. Okay, 22 out of 70. Um, so three of you made hard rolls? Correct. All right. Um, during that one month when you were on lockdown, it actually rained three times. Nice. Nice. So the town was able to like frantically set up water catches and and nobody went, you know, you know, basically the doctors were saying any water that exists in the town that's coming out of the well, consider it contaminated. Um, it was one of the last things the doctor ordered uh, before he died and rose back from the dead. So um, it wasn't enough for you to have enough water to bathe. But nobody in the town was dying of thirst in uh, uh, during the quarantine period. So yeah, uh, that was rather fortunate. Uh, before we start, has any has everyone rolled to improve any skills they may have used successfully? I did. I did. The only one I had a question with was how uh, luck would come into play because I do. I used thirteen points in the last game. Okay, so we're gonna. Uh, I'm, I'm the way we're doing it here mm -hmm. is just roll your luck at the end of the game. If you fail it, consider it like a skill that has failed mm -hmm. um, and you can get 1d10 points back. Oh, cool. All right. Thanks. And as you can see, you're never the luck points are always going to be coming back slower than they get spent. Mm hmm. Well, one point is better than nothing, so I'll take it. 
<laughs> that one might be going in jail. Not sure yet. Okay, so what did you for as a group or individually pass your time doing for the next last month in uh in basically, you know, quarantine? So one of my concerns, we made a thousand uh sesteri, right? The last mm-hmm. Was there a way, was this village big enough that we could send money home from it? Um, no, they weren't letting anyone out. All right. Well, we didn't necessarily collect the money yet, because we haven't left the town. No, you have to go back to Camdelonian to get paid. Okay. I thought we got half up front, didn't we? Or a portion? You did yeah. get half up front. We did get mm-hmm. 500 up front. Yeah. Okay. All right, so the if anyone has anything they want to tell me that they specifically did... So the one thing, the one thing, I mean, kind of one of my interests, because especially I have sort of a refugee background, um, people living in hardships, and I had that sort of horde of rations that I took with me. Uh, I've been interested to know if there's cultures <coughs> that have been short on food that I could give any of the extra food I had to um, safely without getting myself sick. If you wanted to donate some of that, you could easily give it to the staff of your host, and they would add it to the town supplies. They actually had a few troops left in town who volunteered to uh, run food distribution and guard a warehouse of where all of the supplies you brought were going to be under guard. Because, as you know, again, you have a refugee background. You know, people get hungry, they get desperate, and sometimes desperate people can do stupid things. You know, a, a food riot during a shortage is not something uncommon. Mm-hmm. But it, it never, st- it luckily, it never came to that. The supplies you brought in were uh, were were well done, and there was actually a second supply run. And this time, what happened is, since they had control of the gate, um, they just left the wagons in like outside of the gate and then backed away. Like those people. I guess they learned from your mistake of coming in. <laughs> um, so then they just left the supplies outside of the gate and they were able to come in and get it. They slaughtered all the oxen too. Or they, yeah, they slaughtered all of the oxen. Yep. Uh, yeah. Not all at once, but they slaughtered about half of them immediately because there was such a need. Right. Um, and luckily it's a port town. So there's, you know, there's good supplies of salt. So um, yeah, you know, it, it, as as quarantines go in Cthulhu Invictus, this one could have been much worse. Right. Hmm. Regina, do you have anything in mind? Anything that, that you were doing? Um, so other than just making sure that any of the um, bikes or any other tools that were used were replenished, um, I imagine there wasn't any uh, lively uh, livestock that I could have helped with because they were most likely slaughtered on site. Your your host would, didn't want you guys leaving the the villa. He actually strongly urged you not to. Mm-hmm. Um, he felt responsible for you, and he felt guilty enough that you were stuck here. Um, so he didn't want any one of you leaving the villa and getting sick. Yeah. So then I was most likely just passing the time as best as possible, um, keeping to myself, and... Just continually sharpening things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that went, you may need a new whetstone, but luckily they're real cheap. You know, that's a very that's a very low cost item. Yes. <laughs> All right. So if there's nothing specific, and we've already taken care of our skills and any luck points we were going to get back or not get back, 
Um, I was just going to say that that um, Macrion would have spent some time in the in the uh, library. He also has um, you know writing tablets and stuff, so he would have made some notes as far as what they encountered, what they saw, you know, maybe what they did, what they maybe did wrong. Um, and it also shook him up quite a bit because he he fears that degenerative form of not so much death, but like being ill, being sick, being incapacitated. So like it, it really shook him and kind of knocked him for a loop. So he was a little bit more, you know, maybe sullen. I don't. I don't think we all know each other all that well. I think I know uh, Darina a little bit more than the other guys. Um, all right. Well, I want you to roll a luck and tell me if you get an extreme success. All right. It is not sixty. It's a pass, but it's not extreme. The luck is that while you went through the guy's entire library, because again, books are very expensive items that only the wealthiest own. Um, there were a few things you haven't read, so it actually, you know, wasn't horrible for you. You had out of the month, you probably had like a week worth of reading to read everything, and you know, but there was nothing. If you'd have rolled an extreme, I would have had you stumble upon a mythos tome as a hook to a future adventure. <laughs> but uh, maybe it's better you didn't. <laughs> Is that really a roll you want to make? But. Okay, after a month, secretly, thanks to uh, several good soakings of rain that flushed out the, uh, the aquifer under town to remove the contaminants, the cholera outbreak suddenly, you know, suddenly lifts. Uh, the Roman physicians feel that the people had suffered and sacrificed and prayed enough and that efforts to stop the spread were successful enough. They're still not really sure what caused the plague because we won't really figure out how cholera works until almost the industrial, until after the industrial revolution, I'm afraid. But um, this plague has passed. The city is deemed clean. The army comes in and uh, checks everyone out and uh, lifts the blockade, although they're still checking people. Like if you're obviously sick, they're not letting you leave. And the, uh, City council guy pulls some strings and you guys are like on day one, you're like fourth in line. <laughs> uh, so as you are, uh, so again, to get your payment, you'll have to travel south to Camdelonium. Do they provide horses since they <laughs> ate the oxen? <laughs> um, <laughs> Good question. They have a new oxen. And they are returning the wagons that you guys used. Oh, nice. <laughs> so they basically say, as a courtesy, could you, you know, you, you can ride in these. They have Teamsters hired. So you can ride in one of the wagons. You actually drop supplies off as they're returning them to your patron. Nice. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So as you are doing so, you get about a third of the way south along this road. When a rider is coming up the road and um, stops the column and speaks to the leader of the column, and you see he kind of points to your wagon. So the rider comes up, and he's um, he's an official messenger, and he, he kind of comes over, 
and says, I'm looking for the shepherdess Darina Hamula. I am she. There's a town on the other side of this forest with grave need of you. Um, you've come recommended and uh, Fidelis Affer has sent me uh, to intercept you before you would return. There's a, a town nearby that for the last two nights has suffered the attacks of a fearsome beast to its livestock. And uh, they've requested, he's, he's requested that you and your companions uh, go there immediately. He has some business interests with these farms uh, and they've made a request for help and uh, you're it. Okay. Well, it sounds like the perfect opportunity for our shepherdess. Yes, it does. Um, have this person probably would. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, did Fidelis uh, offer any more coin in regards to this current assignment? Uh, he did not express a, a specific number, but he said that he hopes you will trust his generosity, and he will consider it a a personal favor and negotiate favorable terms for your services upon your return to Camdelonium. Oh, of course, of course. I, I, because I've worked with him before and I've pretty much known him most of my <clears throat> life, I would trust that he would take good care of us. Right, he's not the kind of guy who would cheat such valuable assets as, as, your, as you guys. You know, you guys are his fixers. Right. You know, he did does he what he needs to to keep you guys uh, going on these things for him. Did he provide any other information aside from the fact that the livestock was um, assaulted? Only the name of the village. It is uh, Petref uh, Fermino, Fermio, and it should be less than a day's e a day east of here through the forest. And we have to go. There's no direct road. Make a no. There is no direct road. 14. Yeah, you can find it easy. Okay. You're, you're familiar with where this village is. It's not really a village. It's kind of like a sprawling uh, number. It's a, like about seven sprawling farms, mostly sheep, on the banks of the river Oos. Mm -hmm. I'm probably mispronouncing that. It's a real river. So... Basically, you are going from here through these woods, looking for a village kind of somewhere along that river. Okay. And again, village is a strong word. It's basically a group of farms connected by roads, you know, by bad roads at that. So he says, all right, I've delivered my message. Good luck. I'll report. I'm going to ride back, report that you've taken the assignment. And... Um, We'll send a wagon to Pentraff. It should be there in a few days. Hopefully by then you'll have everything worked out. And um, he'll bring you back into Camdelonium to pay you. Does he have anyone that we need to speak to directly? Um, no, the town knows that they're sending someone. Okay. Um, as soon as strangers arrive, they'll probably guess that it's you. It's not a place that gets many visitors. Okay. Thank you. Okay. He rides off. All right. Um, I guess we're leaving the we're leaving the group. You're leaving. Yeah, you're leaving the caravan. I suppose the rest of your payment will have to wait until our return back home. 
All so, right, the wagons start away and leaving you on the side of the road. Uh, Dorina, you know where we're going? Are you familiar with this area? I am familiar. Uh, I've gone there a few times. Um, different different ways. This will be one of the first times I'm traveling in this direction, but I do feel comfortable guiding us there. Anything that we should be uh, on the lookout for in the woods? Um, Roll your occult. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> uh, let's see what Good question, Macrion. Has anyone else, have we actually, have any of us worked with this man that's hiring us for all this work? I have. You have. Yes, yes we're going to say that he is a, a, a regular patron for your services, but you've never all worked together for him, but he's reputable. Has he been reputable enough that you feel confident that he will us because I'm starting to get nervous about getting <laughs> I wouldn't be wasting my time if you didn't pay me. I, I don't have time for people like that. So good. I neither do I. Um I would I would hate for that to be an issue. No, um, it should not be. It's good. never been an issue in the past. He's always kept his word and I expect he will do so in the future. Good. All right. I got an eighty nine oh, over fifty five. That's gonna be a no. <laughs> I've never heard of any supernatural creatures being out in this direction. We should be fine. <laughs> All right. Dare so, I roll? did you roll? You can roll. Uh, he specifically uh, said, hey, "Is there anything weird about this forest?" Uh, what's my? Ooh, that's seven luck points. I can't spare. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you're like, yeah, I get nothing really, I guess. So, yeah, um, you trailblaze through the forest to cut through the forest to get to the town. So we're all on foot. Yeah, and are we just carrying like our regular packs with some basic rations and such? Right, right. I never gave any leftovers over. Well, so... you were there for a month, and your rations probably wouldn't have lasted. You've got, you actually don't have any food. Um, what? You you were expect you had the food that you were eating was organized by the caravan and you were supposed to mm. be in Candelonium tomorrow, so you're hoping that this town, since they've sent for help, they're willing to feed you. How far but away it, are we from the town right now? You should be able to get there by midday. Okay, setting a brisk pace. If nothing happens, I start you know. to walk faster. Okay, um, <laughs> while you're passing through the forest. I need everybody to make a pow check. Oh, Christ. Uh, I make it. 68 out of 70. 53 out of 80. Uh, Malachi? All right, I'm good. Yeah, 50. So everybody made it, but no one really made a hard success. This is all just basic successes. By the skin of my teeth. As you're crossing through this wooded area... And again, this takes you like three hours of crossing, trailblazing through this forest. You do find some game trails, and Ugh. but it's um it's a heavy woods and it's an old wood, so there are parts of it where the sun hasn't touched the floor in centuries. And as you're going through these forests, more than once, each of you felt like you were not alone there, that you were being watched. Um, like there was a, a presence 
And sometimes that presence was not friendly. There was almost like spots where you felt um, a wave of, of anger or animosity towards you. And then it would pass almost if it was like breeze. But there were definitely odd impressions that had one of you felt it, you might have kind of laughed it off as my mind's playing tricks on me, but all of you sensed it. And after the first or second hour, you start looking at each other and like, am I the only one feeling this? And you confirm that, no, there is something uh, old about this woods. Macrion grabs the uh, amulet that he's wearing around his neck, pulls it out, like puts it over his toga. Right. Hmm. Rubs it a little my, bit. Slide my cape open a little bit more. And, uh... <laughs> All right. Now everyone Ready? make a spot hidden check. Ooh. That is a 22 out of 50. Hard success. Good. Um, 80 over 40. No. I'm trying to see if, if it's a good percentage. Hold on. You walk into a tree, Macrion. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys well, feel oh, it? Yeah, you hear uh, something out of the corner. What the? <laughs> yeah, I, got I a made it hard. hard. Oh, so three sorry. of you made hard successes, and one of you failed by 40 points. <laughs> okay, the first hard success. He was reading a book. He was reading a book. <laughs> um, Malachi. You're used to spotting people watching you. That's your job. You're a bodyguard. Whether it's in a crowded street or deserted alley, if someone is kind of maneuvering near you, you'll pick it up. It's almost like you're a sixth sense for you. You kind of feel like not only are you being watched, but people are maneuvering around you. And as you... You, you you basically almost as an impulse, you grab your you grab the hilt of your club and you turn in a direction, and you you see a figure out of the corner of your eye, a, a tall a, a tall slender figure in like bright like light bright colored blues and greens, and then they kind of like move behind a tree, and you can just detect the rustle. And when they move behind the tree, you completely lose track of them, and then they're just gone. How far away uh, was that? Uh, probably about, uh, probably less than twenty feet. All right, so close. they were really cl- they were whatever was watching you was really close, and you did catch a glimpse of it. You're sure, but how it vanished out of sight so quickly yeah. is is so a mystery. Just one, that one place or person that I saw, or did I have a sense that there were more people or whatever it is? No, you got a sense of, of there was someone or some ones in that direction. I'm going to need okay. you to make a sand check. Okay. Uh, I'm going to, as I'm doing that, I'm going to say we're being watched and, and point in that direction. Uh, and particularly, I'm going to alert Darina in that direction. She's kind of A, the local, and B, the person with the weapon. That's when I walk into the tree. I give you a dirty look for walking into the train. Uh, I probably did not make my actually. uh, I just barely made my sand. Seventy-six out of eighty. You're you're fine. You take no loss. You're a little unnerved, especially when you realize it's early autumn. There's a layer of of leaves on the ground, and whoever moved away did so 
very silently. Like, how did someone get that close and then vanish so quickly and quietly? It's just unnerving. But you've seen The Walking Dead, so it's, you know, it's not that bad. Yep. Yep. All right, Herminius, as you are walking through these woods, you think through the trees, you catch glimpse of just like almost like a hilltop or like a, a small clearing. Like you kind of see sunlight and a, a rise, a grassy rise, which is odd because the forest is so thick here. Hmm. Oh, before we get to that, Darina, when he points out where that was, was there anything you wanted to do? Um, well, I wanted to look to see if there was any tracks or anything. Roll your tracking. Oh, I passed. By how much? Uh, Is it a hard success or a regular success? Oh, definitely a hard. Oh, definitely a hard. Yeah. Um, There are definite tracks here. He did there was someone here and not only that there are as the tracks lead away they're joined by a second pair and at that point you can see that once they've kind once they've gotten about 20 feet from 20 feet further away they actively start trying to hide their tracks okay. so unless you want to just start following these tracks you're going to have to roll again i'm not I'm saying with everyone else, I do acknowledge that he's correct, that what he saw, there was something there, and just take a note of that. And to be clear, something, because of your hard success, uh, were booted tracks. This was not a a beast. Ooh. This was, you know, uh, it it could be a sturdy woman or a, a, a youth. Definitely not a, 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 a bulky man, but no, there are there were a pair of figures very close to you, and how they got so close and how they got away, now I'm going to need you to make a sand check <laughs> because you realize how close people got to you. Yeah. And, and again, you're a huntress. You're, yeah. again... Three. I'm good. Yeah, good. you're like... Basically, you're like, whoever got this close and then snuck away, they're really good at woodcraft. Like, it's yeah. impressive to you because you don't get surprised that easy. And neither does, neither does, actually, neither does Herminius or Malachi. You're both very adept at not being surprised. Mm-hmm. And Macrion walked into a tree. So, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Are we all kind of walking together in one big clump, sort of? Or? That's up to you. We really establish that right now, at least right now, my interest is I'm going to kind of be with the core of the crew, sort of just keeping, you know, sort of standing between whatever threat there is and the rest of the crew. I would say that I was most likely in the front, uh, guiding everyone, um, but a little bit more observant, a little bit more on edge and pissed off. Sorry, no one should get that close. So, no, I'm good. What is everyone so Same. concerned about? Uh, hopefully, something that we don't need to be concerned about much longer. Uh, if we continue the pace and we continue to move forward, can we call out? See if this is somebody from the town, from the village that we're going to. Maybe? Uh, Have we reached the village? I'm, not yet. I'm going <laughs> to. Not call even out. halfway through the forest yet. I know. <laughs> Uh, in my actually, I don't even speak the local language, so likely I don't even know what 
Well, the local yeah. language, luckily, is Latin. Yeah, um, I will, I will, these people have been conquered Latin. for a couple hundred years at this point. Yeah. You're going to well, find I, villages I that they, they don't speak Latin, but <laughs> yeah, it shouldn't be uh, too much of a problem. Yeah, I will yell out who goes there. Um, just, you know. you do not get an answer. Poking. Like, Mm-mm. not a good idea. Let's no. keep moving. All right, let's say 45 minutes later, Herminius, you see what I've described. Okay. Uh, so kind of slow down a little bit and I'll, uh, I'll kind of wave to everybody and, uh, let's see, uh, friends over there, there is a, uh, what appears to be a little, a little grove or opening. We might be able to find some food or at the very least berries or some such that have grown in the sunlight might be a nice refreshing stop. I urge that we continue moving forward and that if we are up to it, let's just keep moving and not stay here. Yep. Does also, everyone agree with that or do we... I agree with that. Would I know that that's not possible? Roll an occult roll. Um, you know it's not possible and then you he points out where it is and you see it too. <laughs> there, right, is, so there, there is like a, a grassy hill not far from here. Can I also make the roll? Because I was going to question it. Like, yes, that you seems can. odd. <laughs> like, uh, 19 out of 55. So that is a hard success. Well, there are reports of odd hills, like perfectly round grassy hills where there shouldn't mm-hmm. be grassy hills, like in the middle of forests or even in swamps. Um, the locals call them fairy mounds. And they're supposed to be gateways between the worlds, between the the what they call the world of iron, and uh, the realm of of the Tirnanog. Sorry, real quick for for the uninitiated, what is the realm of Tirnanog? Yeah, I'm Syrian. I don't know what any of this is. So. Um, I'm, Macrion, I'm can explain that the local. <laughs> That there's a parallel world to our own where uh, spirit creatures dwell and uh, and a whole nother race of beings called the she. Mm. And that at certain in certain places, there are weak points. And at certain times of the year, those weak points become even weaker as to be almost porous. This is what you get with a hard success on a cult when you're specifically a scholar. and it just so happens one of those times where the veils between realities thins is the the local new year's celebration which is a couple weeks from now oh god it's it's you know unlike a proper roman new year's celebration the locals celebrate new year's at the time of harvest is there like a big like woven like wooden like i don't know wicker structure nearby <laughs> at all. um no just just a just a just a grassy mound in the middle of a forest yeah it it does not seem as if according to my research uh and you know prove it of you know the the gods they uh, you know are fickle but if that if that is a fairy mound that that is uh, potentially a portal, and uh, we approach the time when the veils are thin. It seems uh, 
it is probably not fortuitous for us to poke around in such matters. What are the chances that the beast or whatever it might be disturbing the town we are traveling to finds its home from this fairy mound? Ah, yes, that, that, that is a, f- a fair point, uh, but perhaps we should uh, investigate further, uh, actually go to the village to see uh, what it is that we're dealing with. Agreed. I think at the very least we should keep <clears throat> this area in mind. It might be a place that we would like to return to for further investigation. Uh, yes, yes. Um, I will ask all of you to make a navigation roll. Just so you can kind of put this location in your mental map. Mm-hmm. I will know this area for the rest of my life. All right. You made a very good roll on. So uh, Darina, Darina is supremely confident that she can navigate her way back to this spot. Macrion, I got a 98 over 10. He's like, I don't like. He goes, what did we? When did we when did we get to Hispania? Where are we? (laughs) Did we did we come from that way? No, we went it was Yeah, you're lost, Macrion. You better stay with the group at this point. (laughs) At least least if you get separated, they're never gonna find you. At least it was important that Darina at least got that right. <laughs> he sidles up a little closer to her as, as she's the our, our resident woods person. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, Darina, I'm going to ask you to make a sanity check. I know exactly where this is. I'm not going I will never change these dice again. I've got an eight. You don't know whether Macrion is just clueless whether he injured himself when he fell or if some strange force has ensorcelled him to scramble his sense of direction (laughs) that's how confused he is so it's a little unnerving and at this point you've lost some time you've lost some travel time so now it could be mid-afternoon before you get to the village we really should I'm I'm actually going to start acting like a sheepdog and working behind the party and pushing them in the direction. I'm not nodding. (laughs) Yeah, good good idea. Let's pick up the pace, bros. Okay, so you're you're traveling. So you're just for for the people playing at home. They are currently crossing a forest with no road near Halloween in Britannia, uh, where they've crossed near a fairy mound and they're pretty sure they're being watched. I just we, love too how like Darina is trying to like cut the path and lead us. Malachi is behind us trying to push. Meanwhile, Marquion is like, we should go check that out. That could be interesting. <laughs> like, we could find fruit. Let's go eat. <laughs> I think obviously, I mean, we already had established this. We all kind of figured out that we have seen things over right, the course. Right. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, and, and being cooped up for a month, I think we probably exchanged some stories. So I'm starting to tell that story about, remember that time, guys, that I was in the woods and I saw this long, tall thing with tentacles coming up and big hooved feet in the woods? All right, Darina, after about an hour of pushing them on, you know, you're starting to get nervous about maybe being here once the sun starts to set. And then you notice right ahead of you are four or five large, like, uh, mushroom growths. And they're kind of in a semicircle. Okay. Um, 
would that like clumps of mushrooms maybe the size of your fist and then like five or six feet away there's another and another so i would i would assume this is under natural world mm-hmm. um i want to see i want to take a closer look without um taking too much time away because mm-hmm. that looks a little bit unusual to me you can roll natural world do you point it out no i don't say anything yet i, I want to <laughs> the only thing Smart. i'm going to say is uh <laughs> gentlemen i'm just going to push a little further for a moment okay um, she tells you to stay cool. she walks up as you walk up you see that these clumps of mushrooms form a near perfect circle uh, with about a 10 about a 15 foot radius oh gosh um, you roll your natural world, but I'm going to tell you right now, you don't need to roll. Okay. This is, this isn't a natural growth of mushrooms. And, uh, um, I will allow you to roll a cult with a bonus dice because you've already kind of got an idea what's going on in these woods. Okay. So we're going to cults with a bonus dice. Uh, wait, wait, a 14. Yes. Yeah, this is a fairy mound. They're very similar to fairy. This is a fairy ring. They're even mm-hmm. worse than fairy mounds. Yes. <laughs> because um, a fairy mound could be a gate, but it's pretty obvious it's a hill. Uh, a fairy ring like this, you could walk into it without realizing you've walked through it and find yourself somewhere else. All right, so I'm going to take a step back, and I'm going to walk back to the party, and I'm going to just ask them to take a moment. And we are near something that is not normal for this area. Um, It's something I don't see in the forests ever, and I am genuinely concerned about moving forward at this point. I don't want to be here. I you would can like get to get around go. it. It's not a yeah. You know, it's, only, it's like a fifteen but, foot radius. So, but yeah, this is unnerving. So for for those of us that are ignorant of what this might mean, what is the potential threat we might be facing? Facing. It's. I don't know exactly. I just know that it's better off that we don't go near it at this point. Move as quickly around it as possible to get to this village. Yeah. Okay. About an hour after that, you break out of the forest on the other side, and you do see in the distance a farm. And down the slopes of these, you know, it's not a large hill, but you kind of see in the distance there's a river and several farms uh, sprawled out. So you've gotten to the area. Does anyone approach us as we're walking in? No, no, you're nowhere near the village yet. Um, the oh, village okay. is probably a couple of miles from the forest fence. We should see if they have um, some some village elder, someone who maybe <coughs> knows something about this area, perhaps. If they are living this close to the Fae, they are in more trouble than just some lost livestock. I would agree with you on that. I do think that they are in a bit of trouble, and this might have a lot to do with it. We it also may want to reach out to any of the uh, the huntsmen or the gatherers in the town, anyone who is more familiar with the woods. Mm. 
Yes, it, it occurs to me uh, briefly, perhaps uh, tangentially, even that if this town is this village, these these hamlets here have been here for a long time. They may be aware of the placement of those things in the woods and choose to be here to to access them we i feel like we should be aware that there may be more going on here than than perhaps we are led to believe <laughs> I, did I... you hear that <laughs> <laughs> i agree we definitely should speak to anyone who comes out of the village, uh, hunters, gatherers, or elders that may have known about this prior to us meeting them. But once again, this is something I've never seen. Perhaps before. we should leave that close to the vest, uh, at least initially, and just uh, find out from the villagers uh, what they believe is happening. Okay, so you come up upon the first of the village's seven farms. In the line of farms, you probably come in about three of this, you know, you're not coming like, you know, you're kind of cutting through the forest and you're coming in the middle of the, the sprawl. Um, as they see travelers approaching, you see people out in the fields, you know, they're, uh, they're making hay bale, they're making piles of hay, they're harvesting hay for their sheep. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a sprawling, uh, it's a, you know, sprawling estate with uh, a sprawling farm. You see, they're herding sheep in uh, out of the fields um, into a paddock. They wave to you, and they greet you, and they say, "Are are you coming to the main house? Are you uh, are you the help that has been promised from Fidelis Afer?" We were sent here to come investigate and see if we could assist. I. He would says, not say we were the help. <laughs> one, uh, one of one of the older youths here says, uh, "I'm Jordox, son of Petar. Petar's my father. Please come to the main house. We've been expecting you." So I'm going to be behind Herminius and and Marcion, covering them from the rear. Okay, you are taken to the main house, and uh, older man comes out. He is actually. As he comes forward, he offers his hand. He's wearing a leather apron and he's covered with down. Damn. Like on like under like the leather apron is it looks kind of it's basically he's 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 covered with bits of wool. Okay. No. And he offers his hand and as you take it, um his hand seems covered with like uh soft oil. And he says apologies for in the middle of shearing. That would look normal to me. <laughs> right. He says, welcome. You must be uh, tired and, and hungry and thirsty. Can I offer you some refreshments? Uh, any wine that you have would be nice. <laughs> uh, wine, no, but we have excellent time. cider here. Cider it is, though. So he uh, he orders a cask of cider brought up. Um. Do, do they seem at all like disturbed or worried or nervous about what's going on around them? They appear make an insight roll. Oh, I think I made an insight roll. 
Um, they, they appear relieved that the experts are here to solve the God. problem. Yes. We're not They're like, cavalry's here. It's all going to work out now. <laughs> You're like, oh, shit. They don't mean us, do they? <laughs> what? I did not say help. I just said we're here. To... <laughs> okay. Um, while is there somewhere out, we can sit to perhaps discuss? Of course, the of issues. course. They bring up some hay barrels. They open up a, a keg of a really strong, good cider. Like you, you realize, this guy's showing at this point. He's trying to show off. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so this gives you guys drinking horns and cider, and he says that. Uh, Please, you know, would you do me the honor of staying at my farm while you're, you know, during your your stay here? I will have my wife, uh, in you know, enlarge this, you know, put on a larger stew pot, and we'll have a large dinner. He says I've sent one of my boys to summon the other the other family heads, so we can all speak to you at once. Uh, my farm specifically hasn't been targeted yet, um, but other farms have. So it's better if you hear the story firsthand from uh, those who are suffer- who are experiencing these issues. At that point, some of his uh, daughters and sister-in-laws and wives come over, and they've got um, they've got pears, they've got apples, they've got uh, like hearty dark bread cut into slices, and um, some che- and some soft and some cheeses. Thank you for I'll your take, kindness. Uh, I'll take a couple of pears and apples and actually kind of, you know, take one to eat and take a few and just like slide them casually into my bag for later. Do I notice this? Yes. He's a food hoarder. I'm just giving a, a little bit of a dirty look. <laughs> These are people I work with. Come on now. Okay. Um, they after, after a few minutes, uh, seven other older men arrive with, you know, one or two younger men and, uh, or women in tow. These are the, uh, leaders of the seven farms of this, uh, the village of, uh, Pentre Firmino. Hey everybody. Before we wrap up this episode, I'd like to take a minute to say thank you for tuning in. We hope you're enjoying the podcast from our interviews and actual plays to our rambling roundtable discussions. If you like what you're here and you'd like to support the show, we have great sponsors for you to check out. Birds of a Feather Coffee Company is a small batch craft coffee roaster and is our OG sponsor. They have three signature blends to choose from. The Morning Lark, which is a light roast. The Night Owl Blend, which is a rich dark roast. And the Hummingbird Decaf Blend. They also have the exclusive Legendary Brew, a nice medium roast coffee, perfect fuel for all those late night gaming sessions. If you use the code LEGENDS10, you'll get 10% off your order, and shipping is always free. So head on over to tinyurl.com forward slash Legendary Brew, or click on the link in the show notes. Thanks everybody for checking it out. We'll catch you next time. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop broadcast network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.